You're listening to my friend's place in the GOT LP Gainesville.
you asking for a refund last night, did you receive it? I saw you pick your buddy's cash up last night, did you keep it? I found a camera in your drawer last night, do you use it? I smelled the diesel on your jacket last night, did you clean it? Three small drops and you won't breathe But I didn't see that you been following me I saw you paying for an escort last night, is it a secret? Last night, do you still feel it? The light was on in your apartment last night, I thought you beat it. Your car ain't working, but the fix is alright, can't you afford it? Three small drops, and you won't breathe. But I didn't see the people following me. But wait a minute, you should be losing your mind. One more second The test has run out of time
right, from the Fast Times at Ridgemont High soundtrack, you have Jackson Brown, Somebody's Baby, and you're listening to a special edition of My Friend's Place. This week, we're going to be featuring a lot of the music and going a little bit behind the scenes of Fast Times at Ridgemont High as it just officially turned 40 years old on August 13th. So we're going to kind of do a dedicated show, mostly to Fast Times, but also a little bit of new music kind of sprinkled in here and there. And you just heard Jackson Brown, Somebody's Baby, which is a really kind of sweet uh, pop song used in a very dark way in Fast Times and Richmond High. If you haven't actually seen the movie, um, this is the song where a young 15-year-old uh, Stacy loses her virginity to a much, much older stereo salesman at, in a dugout in a baseball field. So definitely an interesting juxtaposition between a really sweet song and kind of a really dark scene in a way. Uh, but anyway, uh, before that, earlier on the show, you heard two songs from the Go-Go's, and both of them actually were featured in Fast Times at Richmond High. First up, you have probably their all-time most well-known hit, perhaps, uh, Go-Go's We Got the Beat. Now, this is interesting. This song leads off the movie and really sets kind of the tone for what's going on, but it never actually made the uh, soundtrack. Then, later in the movie, another Go-Go song comes on, uh, Speeding, which was actually written for Fast Times at Richmond High. That's both in the movie and on the soundtrack. Uh, then after that, you had Morsh Idols with Wham, and uh, you also have Broken Bells with Saturdays, and that's what you heard in the warm-up mix portion of this Fast Times at Richmond High edition of My Friend's Place. Uh, so before we head into more music, specifically some music off the Fast Times at Richmond High soundtrack, let's talk a little bit about how the soundtrack was produced and a little bit about the movie itself. So Fast Times at Richmond High was based off a of Cameron Crowe book. Now, Cameron Crowe went on, this was really his first screenplay, and he really went on to do some great things, won an Oscar uh, for writing, Almost Famous, uh, also directed singles as well as writing it, and Jerry Maguire, Vanilla Sky, so he really kind of uh, blew up basically after writing the screenplay for Fast Times at Richmond High, which was actually based off of a book that he wrote, um, where supposedly, legend has that he went back uh, to high school in his 20s and posed undercover and wrote about six or seven kids at that high school which turned into the basis of that book and the basis of this movie now undercover you have to put that kind of in air quotes because supposedly all the kids at the school kind of knew who he was and basically what his purpose for being at the school which was to do an undercover book um, about the high school um, it was directed by Amy Heckerly and her very first uh, movie direction and she went on to do a bunch of movies probably the thing that she's most famous or most well known for outside of Fast Times at Richmond High is uh, directing Clueless another high school movie so it's kind of her uh, specialty there is doing capturing what it's like for people in a certain time period to be high schoolers um, so they got together she's the director Cameron Crowe's the writer and the idea that Amy Heckerling really wanted for the soundtrack is to represent what kids in the early 80s were listening to in uh, Los Angeles, which at that time, things were kind of switching over from the punk scene to new wave. So she wanted a lot of new wave music. Um, you heard a couple of the things that she really liked, Go-Go's. Uh, she wanted stuff like Talking Heads and Buzzcocks and all these alternative bands that were kind of either punk, new wave, you know, Blondie, stuff like that. Uh, and she kind of got her way a little bit. Like I said, you've got a couple Go-Go songs in there. At the very end, you have an Oingo Boingo song. There's a couple of kind of new wave-ish things sprinkled in. But the money man, one of the guys that producing was producing the film, his name is Irving Asoff. 
Now you may or may not recognize that name. You probably don't. He's most well known for being um, basically the manager of the Eagles. So that's why you have four separate solo songs from Eagle artists in this movie. And his vision for the soundtrack was to do something more 70s rock. And he kind of got his way because, again, he's the money man. And also during this time period, kind of an interesting footnote is uh, these types of movies, um, these comedies and other types of movies in the 80s, they really depended on the soundtrack to sell well so they could make some of their money back. And that was a very common thing going through the 80s and 90s. And then started to die out as, you know, the streaming took over later on. And now you, don't, you hardly even really get a soundtrack, which is kind of sad in a way. Um, so basically, the, the soundtrack for Best Times at Richmond High was a compromise between what Irving Asoff wanted, which was 70s rock, and what uh, Amy Heckerling wanted, which was kind of punk, new wave, a little bit of ska. And so they kind of meet in between, but this one definitely leans a little bit more towards the, uh, the 70s rock. Which is fine. It winds up working in a weird kind of way for this movie, um, having a little bit of both. And um, I kind of feel like if Amy Heckerling got her way and had more of like what the high school kids were listening to in the early 80s, you might have had one of the all-time great soundtracks instead of just a really good one. And uh, Best Times at Richmond High does have a really good soundtrack, and we're going to be hearing a lot of songs from that soundtrack sprinkled throughout this uh, tribute to Fast Times at Richmond High, special edition of My Friend's Place. Uh, next up, get a song off that soundtrack. Now, here's another song, interestingly, in the movie, didn't make the final soundtrack. Now, keep in mind, this is a double album, and they had some issues securing some of the rights to music that was already previously recorded, and they also have about six or seven songs on the double soundtrack that aren't even in the movie. So you've got songs that are in the movie, not on the soundtrack, and you've got songs on the soundtrack, not in the movie. Uh, this is an example of one that's in the movie, not on the soundtrack. But anyway, it's Tom Petty, American Girl, from the Fast Times at Ridgemont High soundtrack.
fly with my devices charged I eat an edible and write some bars I script illegible, it's nice and large And now I wake up when the lights come on I'm really feeling out a crisis card It's one, two, counting vacation days And day one, outrun annihilation waves And day two, rescue a HBCU And day three, visit Haiti with a Haitian Davis One, two, middle-aged poster child I heard I gotta put the potion down I heard it's time to put the vocals in I need to try and get new approach again To really know how it's supposed to sound It's one, I'm in the jungle like Axel Rose And if you float through the hood, keep your capsule closed If you roll through again, it'll suck you in You hit the pump, pump, jump into an action pose It's one, two, trying to get my heart restored I need some money in the harpsichord Sent to the dummy in apartment four If it wanna give us out for blood Then I will run at you across the floor It goes, it'll be endless I will fight you every day This on the track like shots fired. I paint it black like Rob Piper. Tap out, hold your pinch nostril. Black out like John Stossel. Act out your ensemble. Who among us is mega sus? I'm writing raps on the mega bus. Imagine flight like a Pegasus. My suitcase feels overweight. It's too late for them to hold the gate. Instead of goose chase, negotiate. I'm tucking thoughts in the loops like shoelaces, roller skates. I won't wait. Who won't cut the blue ribbon? You woke up like who did it? Like show us the stool pictures. Who smoked up the new visions? The fool left us to know from the broke up news clippings. It'll be endless, I will fight you every day. It'll be endless, I will fight you every day. What's that one thing, thing that they say? Run that upstairs above my pay grade. I don't know, man. No idea, dog. Melt that snow, man. No idea, dog. It'll be endless, I will fight you every day. The yard, fresh about the lockdown, back up on the road. Who put in the work a time for people, no reward. All who did encourage me, keep me in at them thoughts. My regards to you, hope for you the same. Bless you when you're out in the streets, I operate. Them to fly the gate and make me drop in a LA. Trinidad, I call, yeah, that I'm a family. Family is a word where me no really use so much again. Some among just wishing you harm, anyway. Anything you intuition say you feel it Cause you the wrong No for them Still I love you see the whole of we they are different So you know we cleaning and we are no pretend In a time of need and really who can you depend Are you alone? Wretched place where they celebrate when you burn your face. Just give me faith, beg you keep me patient. So I appreciate what they put on my plate. 
I never seek no validation Got my ways, no participate I never stray, keep my vision straight So, that's why you now go see me with none of them Cause them will take your fee a fool and then left your fee eh? Things say who no cool but in them heart, them against Careful how you move and who you choose to represent Cause you don't know Who a friend Still I love you, see the whole of we they are defend So you know we clean in our heart, no pretend In a time I need a really who can you depend Are you alone? Always keep a smile Blessed is the child Pretty soon, dude. How much do you smoke? This will be a little demonstration of that. Listen, listen up. That was my skull. I'm so wasted.
Okay, that is Billy Squire, Fast Times, The Best Years of Our Lives. As I'm doing my Fast Times at Ridgemont High retrospective in honor of its 40th anniversary, it just happened on August 13th. You might remember that song uh, in the movie during the football game when uh, Jefferson is absolutely destroying the other team, believing, incorrectly anyway, that they destroyed his brand new car that the high school alumni bought him um, for being a great football player. It's hard to believe that that kind of stuff was still going on 40 years ago, and uh, now it's kind of covered under NIL if you're a sports fan, but regardless, great scene uh, from that movie, and we'll talk just in a second about uh, Jefferson and the actor that played him. Uh, before that, from the soundtrack, leading things off, you had one of the best songs in the movie that's not actually on the soundtrack, Tom Petty with American Girl, then a couple of just new music uh, for uh, what we normally do here. You had Jason Moles with The Art of Pulling Pork. 
perhaps my favorite song title of the week, uh, for obvious reasons. Then new music from Pixies, Vault of Heaven. After that, it was Uncle, The Way Back Home, the Ronin original. Then you heard uh, Out of Hollow featuring Barty Strange, Love That For You. Then it was uh, Open Mic, I'll Fight You, a little bit of hip-hop. After that, some reggae, definitely something uh, Jeff Spicoli from Vast Times at Richmond High would have been into. It was Protégé with Family. And then you heard, uh, actually, the Jeff Spicoli's theme, written by Jimmy Buffett. I don't know, and as many times as I had seen the movie, I didn't actually realize that song was a Jimmy Buffett song, so uh, you learn something new sometimes when you're doing research for uh, special shows like that. Anyway, before we get into uh, more music from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and more uh, just new music in general, let's kind of take a little deep dive into some of the cast members that were a part of uh, the movie. Earlier in the show I mentioned that Amy Heckerling was the first-time director doing it. You also had Cameron Crowe, a first-time screenwriter, doing it. And it's got a really kind of weird soundtrack because it was a melding of what Amy Heckerling wanted to do, which was more new wave and stuff that California kids were listening to in 1980, versus what one of the uh, producers wanted to do, which is more like 70s rock because he thought that's what... um, would sell records, and he also happened to be the manager of Stevie Nicks, and also the Eagles, who have four different songs on the soundtrack. So you kind of got kind of a weird mixture, and it actually works for the movie um, most of the time. And in that last couple of songs from the soundtrack, kind of played more like the rock uh, as-all part of the movie. Um, Now let's talk a little bit about like the casting and the characters in it. Now a really interesting thing about Fast Times at Richmond High is just all the rumors of people that they either wanted or tried out or tried out and were rejected. And there's all kinds of crazy names out there like um, like Tom Hanks, uh, Matthew Broderick, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Diane Lane. And you could go down, pretty much name anyone that was, you know, in their early 20s in Hollywood in the 1980s, and they were rumored to be a part of this movie at some time. But there are a couple of interesting casting notes that have been absolutely proven and uh, are 100% true. And the first one I want to talk about in a really small role is this young actor named Nicholas Coppola. So you may or may not be scratching your head going, well, I've never heard of Nicholas Coppola, but I have heard of Francis Ford Coppola, one of the all-time most famous uh, directors, Godfather, and a bunch of other great movies. Well, he had a nephew uh, named Nicholas Coppola, who was going by that name at the time, who later on decided he didn't want anyone to make judgments based on his acting ability, that he was getting help from his family, so Nicholas Coppola, after Fast Times at Richmond High, changed his acting name to Nick Cage, who was one of three different actors in this movie that would later go on to win Oscars. Kind of an interesting uh, fact. So Nicholas Coppola came on board. He was originally hired to play the role of Bradley, the older brother in the movie, the older brother of Stacy, the guy that, you know, the famous bathroom scene played by Judge Reinhold. And they wanted him to do that, but kind of two things kind of stood in his way. The first is that um, Nicholas Coppola, or Nick Cage at the time, was only 17. 17 17-year-olds, they were limited about how many uh, hours they could spend on the set, and that was for any actor that was under 18. So that was one problem. 
The other problem, according to Amy Heckerling, is that he kind of was playing the Bradley character a little bit dark, and she did not feel that it mixed well with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee Stacy, uh, and that they just didn't work well as a duo. And she wanted like the older brother to be like more happy, go lucky, and a little bit brighter in the movie. So that's how you wind up with uh, Judge Reinhold, who's actually 22 years old. Uh, when he shot this movie, he's probably way too old to play that, that role by a couple of years, but uh, it worked for the movie, and, you know, in the 80s, you definitely had, like, 20, uh, 20-something people playing a lot of teenagers. Um, so that was Nicholas Coppola. He's got, like, a couple really quick uh, scenes in the movie. Uh, then I also wanted to talk a little bit um, about Brad who's the older brother. Like I said, he's played by Judge Reinhold, who went on to do a bunch of interesting things and things you recognize. Um, probably most notably after this movie, Beverly Hills Cop. But he, you know, had a really great career. And uh, according to several different rumors, his role was supposed to either be played by Tom Hanks or by Matthew Broderick, and both of them pulled out. And then, you, like I said, you had the Nicolas Cage that was going to play that role, too young. So he kind of slides into that. Also in the movie, you had Ray Walston uh, playing Mr. Hand. And uh, Ray Walston was a really well-known actor from this time period, mostly for one television show, My Favorite Martian. And he was really frustrated, um, even though that show was a huge success, because he basically got typecast for many, many years um, as that s specific character um, from My Favorite Martian. And back in those days, uh, it's one of the reasons why like movie stars and TV stars didn't really mix, because there weren't that many roles. And if you got typecast, you could never play anything different than that role. So he was actually really happy to be in uh, Fast Times at Richmond High playing something he had never played before. Now, interesting thing about this casting choice is he was definitely not the first choice for the role. They wanted Herman Munster. Uh, you might know the actor's name, Fred Gwynn. Um, really, the only thing I think I've ever seen him in besides the uh, Munster's uh, black and white TV show is he was in the original Pet Cemetery. And that was the guy that they originally thought was going to play the Mr. Hand role in the movie. And he would have, except for he thought the movie itself was too vulgar and too dirty. So he passed on that role, and luckily it went to Ray Walston because he is one of the best and probably most underrated parts of uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. I talked about Jefferson a minute ago um, with the Billy Squire song that plays during his uh, football montage. Forrest Whitaker, the second person, or the second actor that would later go on to win an Oscar uh, down the road, it was his very first role. And when he accepted the role, he was still a student, I believe, at USC. And according to Amy Heckerling, she gave him the role, wasn't supposed to tell him. That was supposed to be like the casting director's job. Uh, but she told him, and then apparently on the way out to the uh, car, she could see um, him through the window, and he was skipping. First audition, Bane's first role, and a great first role for him. Uh, two other casting choices before we get into uh, more music. You had Rat, and Rat was kind of like the nice guy that um, wants to date Stacy, uh, played by Brian uh, Backer, I believe. And interestingly enough, he didn't really do very much after this movie at all, and really wasn't in uh, many productions at all after this. And 
one of the things about this character is a lot of the stuff that they took for Spicoli um, was this guy in real life. So what they did is um, uh, Cameron Crowe, when he wrote the book, he took some of the best things from all the different characters and he mixed them up to make the movie work better. Uh, so for example, um, Rat, kind of the nice guy, the shy guy in the movie, he was actually the one in real life that ordered a pizza to his class. And the person that is based on at first was not happy with how he was portrayed in the movie, but later uh, down the line came around to it. Then the other uh, character we'll talk about really, really fast is Timon, played by Robert Romulus. And he was very kind of frustrated coming out of the movie because he got typecast as that character his entire career. So he always kind of had to play the sleazy uh, bad guy in all the movies. And uh, did he and uh, Brian Backer, they were really the two big um, cast members that didn't really do much after Fast Times at Richmond High. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the casting choices in the next break. Uh, but let's jump back into more new music here, or not new music, more music from the soundtrack of Fast Times at Richmond High on the special edition of My Friend's Place on WGOT LP Gainesville. So we're going to give you one of the uh, best songs from the soundtrack, part of the rock and roll, part of the soundtrack. Got a Sammy Hagar, maybe two to five years before he uh, became part of Van Halen, um, but he actually has a song on the soundtrack called Fast Times at Richmond High, and you're going to hear that next here on My Friend's Place.
always got some way around it You never had to pay for ganja You always got the waves around you You step up with the J in your mouth In the barrel with the shade around you <laughs> You always be the same as I am You pretty with the brain and all that You even give me brains and all that You let me tell I'm gray and lonely In the barrel it must be nice <laughs> Hey, when your mood is that dead right Hey, when your groove is that dead tight What am I doing? Am I that nice? <laughs> Who would've knew you live up to the heights? What do you call it? Call it a godsend Even when it's two in the morning Playing in the garden Tail wagging while you're marching My goddess
soundtrack that is the ravens raised on the radio really fun fact about that song the producer of the soundtrack and the movie really wanted the ravens uh, raised on the radio to lead off the movie he thought it was going to be a huge hit from a huge up-and-coming band well turns out the band never really had uh, another song or any kind of a hit song and really never did anything at all after uh, fast times at Ridgemont high and in fact Amy Heckerling kind of put her foot down as she wanted more like new wave artists in the movie. So instead of that movie, uh, instead of uh, the Ravens, Race on the Radio, kind of leading the movie off in the titles, um, she replaced that with the Go-Go's We've Got the Beat, which was the perfect song at the perfect time for this movie. So uh, score one for Amy Heckerling there. Um, also, um, you also heard from the Fast uh, Times at Richmond High soundtrack leading off that set. You had Sammy Hagar in his pre-Van Halen days with Fast Times at Richmond High. Then uh, a couple of electronic songs, kind of uh, mixing things up, keeping things new. You had uh, uh, Annie Claude Deschenais. Better known as Stetcha Says with Electric Light. Then it was a Fortet with Mango Feedback. Then you heard a Catronata with Anderson Pack, Twin Flame. Right after that, got back into the Best Times at Richmond High soundtrack, one from Joe Walsh called Waffle Stomp. So I mentioned earlier in the show how there was kind of a battle going on between classic rock versus new wave. Amy Heckerling wanted a um, New Wave, which was kind of what she was listening to, and Kids in California were listening to. Um, Azoff, one of the producers, he wanted more of a classic rock sound because he thought it would sell more soundtracks. And it so turned out that he represented the Eagles and uh, Stevie Nicks. So when you look at the soundtrack, you have four different members of the Eagles that have solo songs on it. So there was 
kind of a melding between those two. And in this case, uh, the song that you heard was uh, one from Joe Walsh, Eagles member, called Waffle Stomp. And now you're officially called up to all the music you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. Before we talk more about the soundtrack for um, Best Times at Richmond High and some of the casting decisions, just want to remind you real quickly that uh, if you want to support WGOT financially, it's pretty easy to do. Just go to patreon.com backslash WGOT. Consider subscribing uh, on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. $12 a year if you uh, math whizzes out there. Also, if you want to hear this episode again, you missed part of it, or you want to hear other My Friends Place episodes, I'm easy to find online. Just simply Google Cramla, which is C-R-A-M-E-L-A. And let's get back into some more uh, Fast Times casting news and uh, more songs from the soundtrack. So want to talk about kind of like the three heavy hitters of the movie, I suppose. Uh, Judge Reinhold, uh, sorry, dude, you, I'll put you in fourth place. But um, first, let's talk about Phoebe Cates. And undoubtedly the most famous scene from Fast Times Richmond High, which is the pool scene. Uh, Phoebe Cates was actually one of the people that was kind of close to the age that she was playing, as all the other actors were, were older. And she was actually the second youngest person on set behind Nicolas Cage, who was 17. And I believe she was 18 at the time. And interestingly enough, uh, we've mentioned this numerous times, that it's pretty much everyone's first movie. And for her, it was like her first movie or television, because she was a model at the time coming over. And in fact, there's a very famous... Um, incident that happened between her and Cameron Crowe where she asked, how am I doing in the movie? And Cameron Crowe kind of flippantly answered, well, you're uh, not bad for a model, which she took great offense to because, you know, she was really trying very hard to be an actress. Uh, later, Cameron Crowe apologized for that. And I think they're kind of buddies now. Uh, but this was definitely really her first acting role, not only her first movie, but her first acting period. And she does a really good job in this movie, um, playing that character. Also, um, she would later go on to star with uh, Judge Reinhold as part of Gremlins. And then maybe one of the most interesting things about Phoebe Kate's career, um, after becoming super well-known uh, for this pool scene in uh, Fast Times at Richmond High, she basically retires at a very young age and does not do movies at all. She marries Kevin Klein, a really well-known actor. And for once in Hollywood, someone who said they're retiring and not making more movies, that was Phoebe Cates in this case because she did not do very much uh, more acting after Gremlins. So good for her. Decided she wanted to spend time raising her family and just really didn't enjoy Hollywood or acting anymore. And kind of stuck to her guns. So, um, yeah, very interesting uh, facts about her. Another huge casting decision was uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. It plays uh, Stacy, the 15-year-old who loses her virginity, later goes on to get an abortion. And I think I mentioned earlier in the show that Jennifer Jason Lee, even though she looked super young, she looks 15 in the movie, she, her, she in real life was actually older than Phoebe Cates. I think Phoebe Cates was either 18 or 19, and Jennifer Jason Lee was like 20 or 21. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee came from a very uh, Hollywood background. Her mom was a pretty well-known screenwriter. Her dad, a very famous actor, Vic Morrow. Now, you may or may not recognize that name, 
but a really wild, super crazy thing happened with him uh, three months before Fast Times at Ridgemont High was released. He was starring uh, in the Steven Spielberg-produced segment of The Twilight Zone when they were remaking that movie in 1981. Uh, was a segment that was set in Vietnam. Where he's rescuing these two Vietnamese kids. Uh, it's on a soundstage in Hollywood, and there's a helicopter, and the helicopter winds up crashing killing Vic Morrow and the two kids that he was carrying at the time. And he was uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's dad. And this happens, like, right before the movie comes out. So some pretty heavy stuff for her uh, that she was dealing with when um, Fast Times at Richmond High came out. Another interesting fact about her, she was one of five people in this movie now that would become known for either winning an Oscar are being nominated. So we already talked about Nick Cage, his first movie, he winds up getting an Oscar. Forrest Whitaker, his first movie, he winds up winning an Oscar. This is Jennifer Jason Lee's first movie. She doesn't win an Oscar, but she does wind up getting nominated. And then earlier I talked about Cameron Crowe, first movie he wrote, he winds up winning an Oscar later on for uh, writing Almost Famous. So an amazing, amazing amount of talent. Um, gathered for this movie and it really shows on screen so um she was much older than what she was playing on screen uh had a very famous uh, hollywood family and then later just an amazing career you know if you want to uh do uh basically an encyclopedia search look at her imdb and all the things that she's been in since fast times at rich mile high she's worked with the uh, best of the best directors so that leaves one person that we haven't talked about in the cast, and obviously it's the one that the movie is most well-known for, Sean Penn. Sean Penn was one of the very few young actors here who actually had done a Hollywood movie. He was in Taps, which came out almost the same time that uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High came out, but he hadn't been in any other movie, so we would call this like his first or second movie. And then he's a third actor, mentions a couple times, that would go on to win an Oscar. So interesting thing about Sean Penn in this movie, and this sounds very Sean Penn, and everybody has said it, is that he was very method on, on set, which means he stayed in character the whole time. So very well-known fact about Fast Times at Ridgemont High is that Sean Penn, if you came up and called him Sean, he would not answer to you. He only answered to, if you called him Jeff Spicoli, and he did that the entire process of filming. And there's a famous uh, story, the very last day of shooting, when everything was wrapped up, uh, Sean Penn came down and shook everyone's hand and introduced himself as Sean Penn for the very first time. And a really amazing performance by Sean Penn. Um, people, or actors rather, don't necessarily get the credit they deserve for comedy acting which pretty much every single actor in Hollywood tells you is harder to do uh, than dramatic acting and uh, Sean Penn does an amazing job in this movie um, so there you go there's pretty much all of your casting uh, news from Fast Times at Richmond High oh one other really fast fact about uh, Sean Penn in this movie he wound up dating Pamela Springsteen. So, of course, you recognize that last name. She is Bruce's uh, sister. 
and she has a small part in the movie playing Dina, cheerleader. So, not surprisingly, Sean Penn would uh, try to uh, hook up with her, and apparently he did, according to uh, several different stories. So, anyway, um, talk about Phoebe Cates and the pool scene, which probably has uh, the best song from the soundtrack attached to it. A song that is in the movie again, not in the soundtrack, but probably the best song from the movie. It's the Cars, moving in stereo, uh, the Phoebe Kate scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
That is Led Zeppelin with Cashmere from the Fast Times at Richmond High movie. Not on the soundtrack, though, interestingly enough. And you're listening to a special Fast Times at Richmond High tribute show as the movie just turned 40 years old here on My Friends Place on WGOT LP Gainesville. Right before I had Led Zeppelin Cashmere, you heard the cars with moving in stereo. Yet another song that's prominently featured in the movie, but not on the soundtrack. Now, the Led Zeppelin Cashmere. Um, has an interesting story, and the last one I'm going to be able to tell today before I run out of time. Turns out that in the movie, I originally called for a song from Led Zeppelin 4. The uh, characters actually mention that you need to play that song to impress this girl. Turns out they couldn't get the licensing for anything off of Led Zeppelin 4. They only had permission to use something from physical graffiti, and they were lucky to get that because Led Zeppelin at that time was not approving their music for use in any movies or TV commercials. It just so happens that Cameron Crowe had a relationship with the band uh, going back to his writing days with Rolling Stone. I think he did some um, liner notes for them as well. So they kind of just threw it out there, hoping that they would okay this song um, from Led Zeppelin IV. Well, they okayed music, but then when it came time to get that music in the movie, the studio only gave, or their um, producers or whoever, only gave the studio permission to use something off physical graffiti. So the question would be, well, why didn't they change the dialogue in the movie to match the fact that it's a song from physical graffiti well cameron crow explains it this way it was like um the guy playing the song rat was kind of a screw up and this was just another screw up on his part that he couldn't actually play the right song from the right album and there you go it's in a uh, history part of the fast times at ridgemont high war something that really angers like the hardcore led zeppelin fans but um anyway got one more gonna head out of here been talking quite often in the show about how this was kind of a balance between classic rock that the studio wanted and more alternative which Amy Heckerling uh, wanted. Gonna leave you with one on the alternative side, one of the first uh, songs from Oingo Boingo, Goodbye Goodbye Goodbye, which uh, appropriately enough you hear on the uh, outro sequence on the end credits uh, part of the movie. So I'm gonna play it as I go out and I'll see you next week. Bye, goodbye, goodbye.